a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. To see, to see the face of God is to be destroyed. So God now veils himself in, in the flesh and blood of Jesus. And he uses that, those means, namely his flesh and his blood, his life and, and his death, he uses those means to save us. And when we were baptized at the font with God's name placed upon us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with the sign of the cross being placed upon our forehead and our hearts marking as ones redeemed. We were adopted as sons of God. Are we doing the show now? Is the theme over? Hey, welcome to another edition of Table Talk Radio. How are you doing today, Pastor Wolf Mueller? You want to know, I've found four people who have wrote, written doc, doctrinal dissertations in the past hundred years about the question, did Calvin teach limited atonement? My goodness. Lumpy, Lumpy must have told you that, huh? Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. I, Lumpy has found that. <laughs> he hey, just told me before we started recording. Lumpy's coming on again today. You have that to look forward to. Uh, yep. Also, uh, some buzzwords, email, and the ever-popular praise song, Cruncher. 2. So not only, are, now, did you know this, that we're the accolades just keep being heaped on us, is that not only are we the world's most popular Lutheran theological game show, but also Lumpy is the world's most popular Lutheran theological private investigator. Yeah, I think I think that's true. Um, we'll we'll, uh, we'll put our correct research team. Could, could Lumpy, <laughs> Lumpy uh, investigate? The most <laughs> I'll ask him. He's already got a backlog of questions though. Now he does. Uh, w- yeah, what were they? I forgot. I'll have to ask him. Uh, there was something about um, some. He was supposed to do. I can't remember. He, he had a couple good meaty theology questions that I know he's looking forward to getting to after he's done tracking down Calvin. Well, we need to be careful, uh, uh, or else he's going to start demanding his own email address here at tabletalkradio.org. We should do lumpy at tabletalkradio.org. Right. We should start that. I'll bet you that email, once we get that lumpy, it, that gets more email than anybody else. We'll, we'll make that email address go straight to the trash, but well, at least it'll be out there. <laughs> Did you know, by the way, that I, as I, as I kind of plan, uh, you know, for uh, oh, come on. church names? Who are you kidding? You don't plan a thing. True enough. But I've always thought that if we started a mission church here at uh, Hope, you know, down the street or something, build a new church, and, and that it should be called, from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, what he calls the church there. The church should be called Holy Lump Lutheran Church. <laughs> you are a holy lump, he says. That's what Paul says. Holy Lump Lutheran Church. I like that. Don't you think? that That's great. Yeah. It, that, that That's a shame they didn't ask you. Um Ever. Faith. What's your name of your church up there? Faith. Faith. I got hope. Yeah. No one would forget Holy Lump. Yeah, we're going to go down to Holy Lump. What do you think the little, if you did uh, some graphic design for a little icon for the church, what that would look like? The Holy Lump. This little kind of a pile of dirt with a halo. I like it. Yeah. All right. It's marketable. Let's start the show, shall we? What have we been doing? Oh, come on. Uh, I have a buzzword for you. Oh, yes, the buzzword. Uh, theolog- uh, sorry, Theopedia's random article uh, button got me this word. It is uh, conciliarism uh, was the, in the movement in Roman Catholic theology that the oh, that yeah. the 
church councils were of higher authority in the church than the pope. It began in the began in the 15th century with the Council of of Constance um, and the Council of Basel. In the end, the papacy was victorious through the the condemnation of conciliarism at the uh, Fifth Lateran Council. So basically, the idea is uh, this this deals also with um, uh, papal infallibility, right? So that uh, the the idea was well, if the Pope says something, um, especially as it was defined later at the First Vatican Council of of Ex Cathedra, if the if the Pope says something, um, does it need to be um, confirmed by the Council? In other words, who, whose word is higher of higher authority, the Council or the Pope? Um, right. And I think uh, as we, as we have it now, that the Pope uh, the Pope is is has the <laughs> final word of in, infallibility. Do I remember right? The Pope won that argument by saying it's not a council unless the Pope is there. <laughs> <laughs> so take that. You can't have a council without me. So of course I give my authority to. That's the, they do the same sort of trick with the Bible too. Like, hey, we we picked what books are in there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Silliness. Same so, thing over and over again. What's the opposite of conciliarism? Do you know the answer to that? Uh, I do. I was just as I was saying. I was just. Um, uh, Talking about this because I'm in a Bible class asked uh, asked the question or because we we're talking about this idea of of papal authority uh, ex cathedra and all this stuff and someone said well I thought uh, the 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 popes the pope only spoke infallibly um, uh, in in matters of interpretation so he can't just say this is a new doctrine uh, but rather he can only say this is the proper interpretation um, and Rome seems to speak out of both sides of her mouth with this. But the opposite of conciliarism is papalism. Oh, that's easy. Um, my uh, buzzword for you is papalism. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I really have a buzzword here, and it is definite atonement. Definite atonement. That is, uh, That means the exact same thing as limited atonement that Calvinists say when they want to sound nicer. <laughs> <laughs> Man, man, did Lumpy do all your show prep for you today? I think he did. Yes. No, remember, Lumpy is the only one that does show prep. That's why we have to have him on, because right. I don't do any show prep. So That's when right. we want any work done, we got to hire Lumpy. I forgot. If I would actually do some show prep, we wouldn't have to hire that guy. He wouldn't come in here and stink the place up. Anyway, I'm not bitter. Ready for some email? Ready. All right. Uh, greetings in Christ, pastors. Uh, I would like to let you know that on show 179, I cannot believe that we've done 179 shows. Dear listener, you want to know how rich you are? You have about 15 shows each for each of you. So just claim the show you want. (laughs) When Pastor Wolfmuller first mentioned that hypnosis is not sleep, you were correct. Later you stated that because it came from the Greek word hypnos, that maybe Uh, it was sleep. Is this our moose jaw listener? It is. One of them. (laughs) One of them. If that's what it says from one of your Moose Javian listeners. Now, we uh, how is that comp- the the uh, the uh, Table Talk Radio on the road? Oh, we're still uh, planning that remote broadcast yeah. from Moose Jaw. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have you that. hypnotized live, <laughs> and then we're gonna say conduct the radio show like an Orthodox Lutheran and see what happens. Well, I think what we should do <laughs> is as uh, during our broadcast we'll have two groups of people. We'll have one one group of, of people being hypnotized and the other listening to praise songs, and we'll see <laughs> see what goes on between the we two. We could put the brainwave thing on it and see what happens. <laughs> we should have three. 
One being hypnotized, one singing praise songs, and another listening to old episodes. <laughs> and we can do a brain study. <laughs> oh, man. The original name, the email continues, uh, by the discoverer, Dr. James Braid, named it neuro, uh, neurohypnosis in his book Neurohypnology, as he originally thought that it was a nervous sleep or sleep of the nervous system. To save time, he just called it hypnosis. And even though it wasn't actually sleep, it's later discovered the name stuck or being as being a more scientific idea than animal magnetism. So, in conclusion, you were close. However, close only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and slow dancing. From one of your Moose Javian listeners, Pax Joshua. Thanks, Joshua, for the clarif clarification. We want to make sure that we get the right doctrine of hypnosis. Yeah, thank you. Is that the only email you had? Okay, go ahead. No, no, I got another one. Here's another one. This is very recent. Heard y'all discussing... This is from uh, Eric... From I don't know where Eric is. Heard you all discussing being certain of salvation as you were responding to a Calvinist email. Good discussion. Thought you might want to check out an essay on the subject. If you don't know it already, it's called Can an Autist Christian Be Certain of His Salvation by Yurik Koren? Uh, he was founding father of Norwegian Synod in the 1800s, which later became Els. Koren has some real gems as he goes after those who accused him and others of being Calvinist while holding firm to the true doctrine of election, conversion, and justification, just to name a few. Couldn't find an outlined version of the link the essay. Their book version is available from uh, the seminary and others. Keep up the good work, Eric. Thank you, Eric. I think this question of certainty, by the way, is is the uh, um, one of the most important theological questions. So I was at Symposium last week. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, and there was a we had a Roman Catholic guy up there presenting a paper and uh, Dr. Scare uh, from the seminary asked him a question. He says, uh, "What do you say about those who say you can't be certain of salvation?" And the Catholic guy, who's a Tridentine Catholic, you know, mm -hmm. from Trent, so he only says, spoke yeah. Latin then. <laughs> no, he he was he was I think he was probably speaking in Latin but translating it immediately into English in his mind. <laughs> okay, but we uh, but he said, uh, "Well, of course, certainty is condemned." <laughs> Folks, can you believe that certainty is condemned? But it's true. Cal uh, uh, Trent condemns certainty. I'll read it for you. I gotta get it here. Off well, the show. I'll tell you. I mean, it, it, that's a rare find to find someone, a, you know, Tridentine Catholic. You know, that, that is uh, someone who someone who would actually say that. You know, it's, it's almost a uh, a breath of fresh air to find someone that's gonna be honest about that kind of thing. Only very yeah, sad know, at the same time. because Trent is mean, and everyone, you know, everyone <laughs> brags about how Vatican One or Vatican Two doesn't have any ex, uh, excommunications. Well, that's because they ran out at Trent. <laughs> <laughs> that's like saying it's really good that McDonald's doesn't serve hamburgers anymore, only because someone came and bought them all already. I mean, for heaven's <laughs> sakes, there's they have they. It's like the, the Trent is like, hey guys, we got a, we got seven hundred anathemas. Let's figure out what to anathematize. They do you know that Trent anathematizes people? Who say that the baptism of John the Baptist is, this, is uh, brings the same benefit as the baptism of Jesus? What in the world are you anathematizing that for? <laughs> it's crazy. These anathemas. All right, what are we do with all these anathemas? That's about all the time we have for this segment. But don't go away after this lumpy. All right, I found is it on in Trent. I'll read it for you. And then also, if we have some time, we're going to do some uh, uh, church signs and bumper stickers to beef up our catalog of worldviews. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. Get down upon your knees. Fiddle with your rosaries Bow your head with great respect And genuflex, genuflex, genuflex Make a cross on your abdomen When in Rome, do like a Roman Ave Maria, gee, it's good to see you Getting ecstatic and sort of dramatic And doing the Vatican right Hi, this is Todd Wilkin, host of Issues Etc. When I can't sleep, I listen to Table Talk Radio. 
Table Soccer Radio. Uh, are you going to read before you let Lumpy get on? Are you going to read a little bit about Trent? No, this is Lumpy on. Lumpy's on. Hey, Lumpy, read him that passage I just showed you. All right, here, Pastor Wolfmuller wants me to read you this passage. It's right. getting sad. From Trent. <laughs> What's that? Nothing. Go on. Yeah, this is as good as it gets. This is radio at its finest. Did you see how I turned away to make it sound like it was someone different from a distance? What? That wasn't the same. <laughs> <laughs> I know the effect Shocking. is stunning. Radio show with special effects. <laughs> where's my Where's my Kung Fu Panda soundboard? If you want oh, special please, effects. please. No, please. Pastor Wolfmuller wanted me to tell you that there's no charge for awesomeness or attractiveness. <laughs> How come that's not a bump yet? Anyway, here's the Council of Trent. Trent. Sheesh. Chapter, I don't know, Chapter 9. I don't know what book this is. I don't know what canon. I don't know how to even, is this the first canons of the Council of Trent third session? Would you read before we lose our listener? All right, here. Listen. Listen, listener. But although, oh, this is against the vain confidence of the heretics. But although it is necessary to believe that sins neither are remitted nor even were remitted, save gratuitously by the mercy of God for Christ's sake, yet it is not to be said that sins are forgiven or have been forgiven to anyone who boasts of his confidence and certainty of the remission of his sins and rests on that alone, seeing that it may exist, yea, does in our day exist among the heretics and schismatics, i.e. Lutherans, and with great vehemence is this vain confidence and one alien from all godliness preached in opposition to the Catholic Church. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. That you cannot be confident that your sins are forgiven. That it's it's illegal, according to the Catholic Church, to be sure that your sins are forgiven. Now, uh, it's against the rules. Uh, would did Vatican one or two have anything to say to update that? I don't know. No, did you remember it can't update it? I know, I know, I know, but. Uh, but but uh, <laughs> this is the voice of the church, <laughs> the vox ecclesia or whatever. Here, yeah, neither because... is it to be Go asserted. Ahead. I'm going to read some more of this uh, stuff. <laughs> that though, that they who are truly justified must needs, without any doubting whatever, settle within themselves that they are justified, and that no one is absolved from sins and justified, but that he believes for certain that he is absolved and justified. You know what? This makes illegal faith, <laughs> the certainty of things hoped for, the confidence of things not seen. According, if you have faith, according to Trent, you're anathematized. My goodness. The absolution and justification are affected by this faith alone. This is also wrong. As though, uh, as though, as those whose soul has not this belief doubts the promises of God and the efficacy of the death and resurrection of Christ. For even as no pious person ought not to doubt of the mercy of Christ, of the merit of Christ, and the virtue and efficacy of the sacrament, even so, each one, when he regards himself in his own weakness and in, uh, and indisposition, may have fear and apprehension touching his own grace, seeing that no one can know with the certainty of faith, which cannot be subject to error, that he has obtained the grace of God. Oh, this is ridiculous. You know, remember a couple of years ago when St. Therese, uh, her journals were published? and I mean, St. Therese. What's her name? Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. Yeah, she published her journal there, and, and she had all this doubt about God's mercy and grace and everything. And uh, and everyone said, wow, what doubt. That that makes her a good Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear a Roman Catholic response to this. Do we have any Roman Catholic listeners that give us a uh, call at 1-800-385-SOLA? Or maybe they can't d- dial the number, do you think? 
Um, (laughs) Questions at tabletalkradio.org if you can't dial that number. Um, Oh, man. I I would love – I doubt we have any Roman Catholic listeners, to be honest. I bet we have one or two out there. Listen to this, Canon 12, then, of this same session. If anyone says that justifying faith is nothing else but confidence in divine mercy which remits sins for Christ's sake, or that this confidence alone is that whereby we are justified, let him be anathema. That means damned to hell. That's The, the gospel is damned right there in that little canon. Whew, this is nasty stuff, Council of Trent. Yeah, we have a... This is what, by the way, the Lutherans then called the monstrum uncertainitudum or whatever in Latin, the monster of uncertainty, which which creeps around Roman Catholicism and Calvinism and evangelicalism, everyone who denies the power of the external word of God. Okay, anyone else on the list to offend? <laughs> yes, we have, a, we have more work to do. <laughs> um... Uh, this By is, the way, Pastor Wolfmuller is trying to distance himself from me because this is lumpy. Remember? Oh yes, lumpy. he doesn't want to I speak almost, with such vehemence. He's more forgot. of a conciliatory <laughs> mind over there. He's in the corner cowering, worried that he's going that I'm going to get him in trouble since our voices are so similar. <laughs> You're a wimp, Wolfmuller. I agree. I second All that. Right. I'm with you, lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Spineless. You know, I'm not. See. <laughs> Did you you remember this thing where the kid and the dad were sitting at the ordination of a bishop, <laughs> and they lay the hands of the guy? Do you know this joke? I think so. And the kid leans over to the dad and says, "What are they doing there, dad?" And the and the dad says, "This is the part where they remove his spine." <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know that one. <laughs> I should have told that joke at uh, at your ordination. Yeah, sermon. you you could have you could have. <laughs> You, you, I know when you what part of the service you could have said that at <laughs> during the laying on of hands. Yeah. I just told a joke. You were the only one that right wasn't telling that jokes. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm against humor, is why. <laughs> ah. Oh man! All right, anyway. uh, Lumpy, Lumpy, give us some Calvin. All right, now look. So I'm trying to track down this question: Do people really teach the limited atonement? And uh, uh, and this is a this is this old question now. And I'm, so all I have to report, and very briefly then today, is that this question has been raging for years and years. It um, th- there was a man I found here. I'll give you some dates here. Uh, there was a, a theologian called Moisey Amyralt. How in the world do you say that? M-O-Y-S-E-A-M-Y-R-A-U-T, who lived from 1596 to 1664, who in his writing in France quoted certain passages from Calvin's commentary uh, in support of his own position of universal atonement. So already back in whenever that was... 1640 or whatever. I, by the way, am reading an article called John Calvin's View of the Extent of the Atonement by Dr. Roger Nickel, printed off of A Puritan's Mind, which is a website that has a lot of Puritan stuff on it, which is kind of nice. Uh, and he, so that already back right after Calvin is dead, there are people arguing that Calvin taught the uh, unlimited atonement. On the other hand, there was plenty of people in the late 16th century, beginning of the 17th century, uh, who uh, and even contemporaries of Calvin earlier, who expressed clearly the idea of definite atonement, which is just limited atonement with makeup on, you know, 
the mm-hmm. kinder, gentler. It's like compassionate conservatism. That's what uh, that's what uh, definite atonement is. Uh, just making it sound nice. Anyway, who taught the, a definite atonement, and and Calvin didn't fuss about it. Peter Martyr, H. Uh, Zenkius, Theodore Beza, is that right? J. Um, Piscator, W. Amos, and R. Abbott, it quotes here, as teachers who taught the, um, the definite atonement with a great deal of clarity. I have one quote from Calvin, and I can't, for some reason the footnotes didn't print off, so I couldn't find it in the original, but Calvin says this, arguing with some Lutheran fellow about the Lord's Supper. Calvin says, quote, I would like to know how the wicked can eat of the flesh of Christ, which is not crucified for them, and how they can drink the blood which was not shed to expiate their sins. Um, so there, uh, so there, that quote is the first one offered here to, uh, as proof that Calvin did teach the limited atonement. But as we read from the quotes last show and from, uh, as we see here, it's not 100% clear yet if Calvin did actually teach this L into them. So Lumpy is still still getting to work then, okay? Oh, it's ridiculous the amount of work that this calls for. I hope that this bill will come to you pretty soon. What are we charging now? Uh, 300, 600 Table Talk radio points an hour? Yeah, it's something oh, ridiculous like that. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay. Well, do you want right. to do some uh, bumper stickers and church signs in? Yeah. All right. Let me put Wolfmuller back on. He's better at these than I am. Yeah, all right. That sounds good. Okay. Well, here then is the first uh, church sign and bumper sticker. Boy, I hope that Lumpy doesn't get me in trouble. No, he won't. You're you're <laughs> fine. Don't worry. <laughs> all right, I'm ready. Bumper sticker. And for the life of me, I can't believe anybody has this on the back of their car, but it says, <laughs> liberal Christian, religion without hate. <laughs> so liberal Christian, religion without hate. Yeah. Law, gospel without law, atonement without wrath. That, oh, oh, wait, wait. Let me guess which uh, worldview this is then. This is the uh, God is a super nice guy worldview. Yeah, you know, how, that worldview is so much better than God is a really nice guy. You know, average radio shows, Evan, average <laughs> radio shows would have the worldview God is a really nice guy. But only Table Talk Radio has the worldview God is a super nice guy. Agreed. That really... Agreed. And you're right. Uh, surely God can't be mad at sin. How, how, by the way, do you explain do you explain the cross without having what a religion without hatred? Because that seems like a kind of ridiculous thing to do if God doesn't actually hate sin, if he doesn't have any wrath, etc. It just seems kind of frivolous. Yeah. You know, that, I think that's a good point. Uh, you know this atheist j- just died. This new atheist, uh, uh, Christopher Hitchens. Yes. And to his credit, he, in my mind, was one of the more um, thought-provoking new atheists because he at least attacked the heart and center of Christianity, the uh, atonement. And he's the one. Remember, he, he's the one that said that it is divine child abuse. Yeah, that's you know? right. So uh, he's at least getting uh, the right thing. And now maybe when we get back from this break, we can just say a word about uh, a response to Christopher Hitchens' accusation. That, uh, that that the crucifixion is divine child abuse. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Also, after this praise song crunch, you don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Table Talk Radio. 
Well, we think we're funny. But every once in a while, I want to talk about me, want to talk about I, want to talk about number one. Oh, my, me, my, what I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Okay, before we get into the praise song cruncher, then uh, just a quick word about uh, Christopher Hitchens. As I said he was he was maybe one of the more thought provoking new atheists, and uh, again he attacked kind of this heart and center idea of of atonement. This is what Christianity is about. You know, a lot of times these atheists will kind of go on the uh, peripheral ideas. You know that oh you can't prove there's a god, but he he goes right for the for the jugular, trying to attack atonement. And right. um, that's right. And I, I think it's fascinating that uh, uh, well, there's two things. Um, first, that um, it, it seems like divine child abuse when you have God punishing uh, his son on behalf of other people. You know, so he so he'd probably say something like this: uh, the the mailman um, the mailman hits your mailbox and and destroys your fence. And so you go out and beat your wife for it. You know, you're, you're punishing someone else for someone else's sins, right? Um, but see, uh, what 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 Christopher Hitchens doesn't see is that that uh, there has to be there has to be justice, right? So um, you you uh, you think that that uh, uh, so, uh, so you're you're fine without without justice until you're the victim of something, you know? So. Uh, so there's this idea of, of there being kind of a, a victimless forgiveness, you know. So I could say, yep, I yep. forgive you, but there, there, no one needs to be, be, you know, penalized for that. But what happens when, you know, something like your your sister is raped, and then you want justice, right? So, so forgiveness in in Hitchens' mind is something that can can be apart from. Uh, from justice. So in, in Christian theology, we're saying that someone has to be punished for sin. There can't be a, a victimless forgiveness. So the only way, and, right. and, and this That's is, right. and this is what Hitchens is trying to say. Hey, look, I can say to, to my friend, I forgive you, and I don't have to go punish someone for it. But see, what Hitchens doesn't understand is that the reason you and I can forgive someone is because they are forgiven objectively by Christ. You see, if Christ had never died on the cross, we can never go to our mailman or never go to our wife and say, I forgive you. You see how that works? Yes. Um, okay, then the other thing, just real quickly, because we're going to get into the praise song cruncher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm ready uh, to crunch. You're ready to crunch? Uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? But that's okay. I'm, I'm inter- you're doing well at this sort of thing. I was. I don't know how I would have responded to it, but you were doing very well. Oh, thank you. So I'm taking notes here for okay. next time the question comes up. Probably someone is going to email us and talk about how my answer to this question was just fantastic. Your answer to remember the, how that happens? You get oh yeah, credit, that's right. You, uh, <laughs> no, no, it went the, it went the other way. Or? It went it went the other way that you said something wrong and I got blamed for it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I figured it'd go the other way too. If you say something brilliant, I'll get credit for it. <laughs> I forgot what the other so thing. So keep I was going. Say was. Uh, let's see. Oh. <laughs> There's something here too that if you don't get the doctrine of sin, then you just totally miss this because it's like a. I mean, it's um, it's one thing if your mailman runs over your your uh, your uh, what's the thing called mailbox out there. It's quite another thing if the mailman comes and and sets you on fire and spits on your face. I mean, 
which is what unbelief does. But we don't realize we don't realize how bad we are. That's the problem. So if you don't have the doctrine of original sin, then the whole doctrine of the cross just doesn't make any sense. It'll have mm-hmm. you flummoxed. Why? Why such a severe solution? It's like it's like you think it's it's. I mean, imagine a person with um, they have leprosy or they 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 have gangrene in their foot. You know, so you got to cut off their. They have to amputate their leg, or their whole body's going to die. And you just you 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 know they have gangrene, but they think that they've just got they they, they have a bruise or something, or they've got like acne on their toe or something. And 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 you come along with a saw. What? <laughs> what are you What are you doing? Get away from me, you freak! Well, that's how it would be with God if you didn't know how bad you are. He, he walks along with a cross, you know, a body to be crucified. What are you doing? I don't. I don't need someone to die on the cross under God's wrath. I'm just. I just make mistakes, but I'm a pretty good person. Get away from me, freak! I mean, that's that's how we have to react to the cross if we don't know the if we don't know how bad we are. Right. Well, and that's a good stall because I remembered what the other thing I was going to say was. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, and this was actually what my idea, but this this uh, comes from Douglas Wilson who debated Hitchens uh, a few times. Um, but he he points out that hey, look, in order for you to say that that's wrong. Uh, that, that there's this divine child abuse, you have to be basing that off of some sort of a moral system. Uh, and so here, <laughs> what you're doing is you're yeah. you're saying you're borrowing from the Christian worldview. You say this is morally wrong, but uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Uh, you can't say Christianity is a bunch of fluff and then but then borrow morals from it. Yeah, so. that's right. You know, this is the whole atheist uh, thing. There, they're just busy trying to figure out how to be good without God. That's all the. I mean, and also they're also trying to figure out uh, how to spend as little time as possible and seem as smart as possible. That's one way. I mean, that's one thing the atheists are doing, so that they want to, you know, seem like they're these evolutionary scientific geniuses, because that's the that's the atheist martyrdom complex. But then the other thing that they're doing is they're. That you can have more morality without Christianity. I think I'm willing to concede it to them, though, because our flesh loves the law. The problem with atheism is that they're too good. In other words, they don't realize how bad they are. Uh, they, they, they have a morality, but they don't have a strong enough morality that they can realize that they're sinful. Hmm. Yeah. But we'll have to leave that for another day. Yes. Move on. We didn't, add, an- the- we didn't add another worldview then. Huh. No, we didn't. Well, we, we only had time for one. Oh. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. Let's now, crunch. let's then uh, go to the Praise Song Cruncher. Uh, Cruncher doodle do. Go to our website, tabletalkradio.org, to download the Praise Song Cruncher 2.0, a five question diagnostic. And here then is the request uh, dialed in at 1 800 385 SOLA. Matt Vensky calling from Denison, Iowa. And I have a, a request for two um, uh, Praise Song Crunchers. I would love to hear your opinion on You Are My All in All by Dennis. L. Jernigan, and also on the song Grace Alone by Scott Wesley Brown and Jeff Nelson. Um, I listen to your podcast regularly on my computer, and um, I had the pleasure of being at the Concordia um, worship, worship conference in Seward, and um, so I, just, I, I would like to know your opinion on those two songs. Thank you. All right, thank you for the call. And then this is the first one. Yeah, and it sounds like a really nice lady. Oh, yeah, I can tell. Yes. All in all, this is performed by Nicole Nordeman.
right. That is a song all in all. Uh, all right. Mm. So let's see. If interesting. We- this is interesting. I did, did we vet this song, by the way? Because you remember how we're supposed to do all this uh, background research to make sure we know who wrote it? And well, Jan did all the research for us. Uh, she told oh. us who they're from. And, and this this last one was performed by Nicole Nordeman, but it was actually written by uh, – who was it here again? Um, Dennis written Jurgenman. Written by Denise Jurgenman. Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> How, what's the difference between Denise and Dennis? <laughs> Fewer ends. Is there an E in Denise? <laughs> I gotta ask Lumpy about that. Hey Lumpy. All right, Dennis. Anyway. <laughs> wrote this one. Uh, Sorry. All right. So is Jesus mentioned? Uh, yes. Um, let's see here. Jesus, Jesus Lamb, Lamb of, of God. God. Yeah. Turn up. Holy is your name. Mystical form. Uh, does the song use sentences with subject, verb, and object, or sentence ooh, fragments? Ooh, ooh. Now it falls a little short on this, doesn't it? Uh, Lord, to give up. You are my Jesus, Lamb of God, holy is your name. Ah, this is a sentence. You need another comma in there to make that a sentence. But taking my But here are some fragments. I think there's mostly sentences. Where? Um. Now I guess it's a sentence, huh? Let's go, Jesus. What's this let's go in here? I didn't hear that in the song. Jesus, Lamb of God, holy is your name. Let's go. Jesus, Lamb of God. That's like Harrison singing we'll this see. thing. <laughs> let's go. Uh, that was at the end of the song. I didn't play the whole thing, so I wonder if that's Okay. Carlos Hernandez. Remember Carlos Hernandez? Yeah. Hey, guys, let's go. <laughs> uh, what about repetition? That's <laughs> yeah, fairly repetitive. Jesus, Lamb of God, holy is your name. Let's go. Jesus, Lamb of God, holy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God, holy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God. Yeah, I just sing it over and over again. But that's, I mean, it's, so you, I mean, it's a song, though, but you sing it two or three times, apparently. Yes. But, I mean, that's not terribly repetitive. All right, then when we come back from this song. commercial break, we'll be looking at this song, all in all, and we'll be analyzing its mystical content. Is it immediate, romantic, loss of self, internal, or subjective? Uh, that's what we'll be asking of this song uh, in the Praise Song Cruncher 2.0. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back to finish this crunch and also to crunch the song Grace Alone by Scott Wesley Brown. been flipping through the radio and suddenly wonder why you've been listening to something? Well, this is Stable Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. You are you. my all in all. Not you, Brian. Oh, Evan. Uh, uh, <laughs> I saw that coming. I mean, <laughs> take it easy. Here. I mean, just a co-host. You're all in all. That's a little much. <laughs> you are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. You're making me blush <laughs> over here. <laughs> this is why we can't handle phrase songs on this show. Because <laughs> we forget who we're singing to. Yeah. 
Hmm. <laughs> All right. So now uh, we need a, we need a number on mystical form. Is this ten very mystical in mystical form or one not mystical? Yeah, it's not not mystical. It's not. I, not I don't mystical. know. It's gonna come in right. I'd say prob- just. I mean, as you mentioned, the re- the repetition. It's gonna probably plop in at about six uh, on the repetition scale. Though there's sentences and and there's a bit of clarity. So slightly towards mystical form. Sli- leaning towards mystical. Okay. Now let's look at mystical content. Now you have five categories in this. The first one is immediate. Does the song talk about an immediate experience of God, feeling, touching? Etc. Oh, I didn't think about that. Let me see here. <laughs> the closest it gets is this little. Remember the liquid metaphor? Yes. I always have this immediacy. Too. When I run dry, you fill my cup. Is there? Well, we'll come in that so later with loss of self, won't we? Yeah, but uh, that's. I mean, so what is it? When I fall down, you pick me up. Now that's. Um, it's not literal, but I mean, it's not. It's so when I'm down, you you kind of perk me up a little. When I run dry, you fill my cup. That I mean, it doesn't mean actually when like you get dehydrated and the Lord hooks you up to a like an IV or something. It's the Lord comes with spiritual refreshment, which you you know we just read the passage in Isaiah where it talks about uh, there's this river runs in the in the wilderness, uh, and and so there is this sense that. That those who believe in the New Testament are um, out of their hearts will flow rivers of living water, uh, and Jesus is talking about His Holy Spirit, which comes from His ascension. So, I mean, there's some of that here, and the reason why it's not terrible in this song, I mean, there's this touch of immediacy, but it's talking about it does talk about the external works of God. So He says, um, "Taking my cross." I mean, this is the best part of the song here: "Taking my cross, my sin, my shame." Rising again, I praise your name. That's, by the way, a sentence fragment I see. Mm-hmm. Rising again, I praise your name. So that, But here, that the Lord did take my cross. That's my cross that Jesus is dying on, and my sin he's suffering for, and my shame. And plus, the other good thing about this song is that it uses the word fool. Mm. Why is that good? Um, it's because it's rare. Because, uh, because the word fool is pretty good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, uh, so the next category is uh, romance. Does the song use romantic imagery? Uh, I don't see any. Do you? Unless a precious jewel. I don't know. You're, you're the romantic one. Is, is a precious jewel a romantic thing? Um, yes, of course it is. What about a treasure? Uh, yes, treasure is, uh, well, you know, Jesus uses the language of treasure, but you are the treasure that I seek um, in the Bible, w- Jesus gives us the honor of being the treasure that he seeks after uh, in the parable of the kingdom. That's really quite marvelous. So, um, Ding! Marvelous. But it gets pretty close. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to get a little ding, but I didn't get one. So. Fantasticus. <laughs> yeah, I don't see anything in this song that, uh, well, I mean, I, I guess the Lamb of God sort of, if, if you... Remember when you said that the praise songs were uh, to, to try and get the seeker? Um, so if you have knowledge already of what the Lamb of God is and what it means, you can have um, uh, some atonement language here. Definitely not the definite atonement, but uh, atonement if you know what the Lamb of God is. Uh, Jesus, Lamb of God, holy is your name. But other than that, I don't see a whole lot of atonement going on here. Right, right. And that will be 500 points for using the buzzword. Oh, is that your buzzword, atonement? <laughs> 
<laughs> Definite <laughs> atonement. It's like I can't even remember that from yesterday or something. All right. What is mine? Conciliarism? Yes. Oh, that'll come in in the next hymn, I'm sure. Yeah. And what about loss of self? Does this song uh, talk about losing one's identity? Yeah, not too much. You are my all in all. I mean, that might be the idea there, but uh, when I'm dry, you... A little. I mean, it's just right on the uh, edge of it. You know, this song is right on the edge of of praise song misery. I mean, it doesn't jump in <laughs> with both feet. It just kind of lingers around the edge of the pool, pushing, waiting to push people in. What about internal action? Is God inside of me? Treasure in the secret. I fall down. You pick me up. Yeah, the, uh, it's internal. It's. I mean, there's external too. You took your cross. You rose again. That's a. It's got a little bit of both. Again, this is. It's. It's kind of. It's kind of like. So uh, dip in the toe in the water. Song. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's that's test right. in the water. Right. Subjective <laughs> is it about what God has done or about what uh, about me? Is it about what Again, I I'd say it's both. I mean, um, you take my cross, my sin, my shame. That's objective. I run, I run dry. You fill my cup. That's a bit objective. I mean, subjective, whichever that is. All right, so let's bring some objectivity to this critique. Would you mark it a 10 as mystical, very mystical, or a 1 as not mystical? I'm going to put this one dead center. Five. Five. All right. Five it is. Next is law and gospel. Do you see any law and or gospel? Um, a little bit of law in the um, taking my cross, my sin, my shame, that the cross belongs to us is uh, is law. He um and gospel, because uh, he takes it. <laughs> you are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. That's kind of... Uh, you are my all in all. I mean, that's a theme. You are my all in all. I wonder if that's law or gospel. I do not know if that's law or gospel. Do I you? Hmm. Well, hmm. I think it's in, be, trying to be intended as gospel. Uh... I don't know. I mean that that is that itself itself is kind of obscure, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I mean, so I guess I mean that is a sentence, but it's possible to be using sentences and still being obscure. So this, like you said, this this kind of edges on the on the line here. It's uh, yeah, it's on the line. It's 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 walking the fine line. What does all in all mean even? All in all, which is a traditional phrase, which means all things considered, or after all, or nevertheless. Did you just Google that? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? I'm doing show prep here. <laughs> I mean, I just think it. So, uh, our our co-host Google. <laughs> that's right. As, as soon as you can get Google to talk, yeah, then, uh, then you'll I'll be, be out. Of the out. But I don't think that's what it means. You are my nevertheless. You are my all things considered. <laughs> yeah. That's probably that's probably not what it means. You are my all in all. Isn't I mean, this, this kind is of an interesting thing? To try I mean, this. Uh, I mean, that all in all is a, is a bit of this loss of self, isn't it? That we are surrendering, abandoning ourselves, absorbed, consumed, lost in God, all in all. I mean, that that just kind of flows with the. I would bump this up to at least a six, if not seven. All right. I'll, I mean, I'll concede to that. We'll, we'll go six. Six. Mm. All right. So no law gospel, or at least I can't tell, and any explicit false teaching. Here, by the way, is how it's used. The dogs got into the fried chicken. We forgot the sunscreen. The kids started whining at the end. But all in all, the picnic was a success. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I, I, that doesn't make any sense. In this it doesn't sense. make any sense. I mean, you were, I, you, I mean, you make a fine point that all in all actually doesn't. <laughs> we don't know what it means. <laughs> you are my all. What do, can we do that? You are my all. In all, what is a? <laughs> Who's all is? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> now I'm all. All right. Is this crunched? Boy, we start paying attention to the words. Apparently it is. Okay. So this is a crunch. We need to get to this next one, which is uh, Grace Alone by Scott Wesley Brown. Every promise we can make. Every prayer and step of faith. That is grace alone. The rest says, Every soul we long to reach, every heart we hope to teach, everywhere we share his peace is only by his grace. Every loving word we say, every tear we wipe away, every sorrow turned to praise is only by his grace. So that's grace alone. All right. Is Who Jesus is this by? Did you hear him calling on the phone trying to complain about us using the song? You mean right after I hit mute? Yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I was hoping. I was sitting there. I wasn't listening at all. I'm like, how can I turn this phone off? <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Scott Wesley Brown on the phone. How's, how's Scott doing? <laughs> he, he wants to know how his song's coming out. Okay. Well, we'll let him know um, in the extra innings of Table Talk Radio. If you're oh, listening we to gotta... this on Pirate Christian Radio, please uh, visit our website at tabletalkradio.org and listen to show number 185. Is this 185? And listen to the rest of this crunch. Uh, you're listening to ta- Thank you for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where there's no buzzword, no new world views, only half a song crunched, but You've been listening all in to all, Table Talk a Radio. successful show. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect it all the views in all. or opinions of this yeah. station. Did you even catch we that? We would like I your did. feedback on today's show. I was working. I was Call scripting that free. joke right now. I think you totally missed it. Say our voiceover guys trying That's to get disclaimers. 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email. Questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's crunch this. We're still going here. Is Jesus mentioned? If yes, is it name or concept? 
Um, okay, let me pull this him up again. Christ, Christ, uh, Christ in us, our cornerstone. Christ in us, our cornerstone. What in the world does that mean? I wonder. <laughs> I guess we count it as a mention of Jesus. Yes, it is a mention. So we'll we'll get to that later. Uh, Misco formed is a song you sentences. Dun dun dun. No, it doesn't, does it? Uh, let's see. Every mountain we will climb, every ray of hope we shine, every blessing left behind is well, only by His grace. How do you how do you deal with this? Because you have three, uh, three. Um, uh, so you have. If you took one line and then then attached is only by so every promise we make is only by His grace. That's a sentence. But how you have right. it is every promise we make, every prayer. So comma every prayer and step of faith comma every difference we can make comma is only by His grace. Now that could be right. a sentence. No, no last comma. Yeah, it is a sentence with a compound subject is what we call that. I got by the way. I have to get someone to teach me how to diagram sentences. I think that would be a helpful thing to be able to actually know. You how didn't to have do to do that. that in I think school? this is. Yeah, I did, but you know, it's only like subject, verb, object. That's easy. When you have something like this, when you have three, when you have a compound, you have. I think this is called a compound subject. So you have three subjects governed by one verb. Mm -hmm. And the verb is. So I think you can make that into a sentence with the appropriate punctuation. Grace alone, which God supplies, strength unknown, He will provide. Christ in us, our cornerstone. That's not a sentence. We will go forth in grace alone. Uh, oh, yeah, because if you took that as a sentence, strength unknown, he will provide Christ in us. He will provide a Christ in us? Our right. cornerstone? That is not a sentence. So <laughs> the key, the key, the mention of Christ, this is, isn't this significant? The mention of Christ is in anti-sentence. It's in fragment. <laughs> Everything else can be managed, kind of harangued into a sentence, corralled into a sentence. Yeah. As if you were a sentence cowboy. But Christ remains <laughs> well, sentenceless. This, this is going to be interesting when we get to content. But first, repetition. Yes, I suspect this is repetitious. Every, 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 because they love grace alone. This is the you see if you if you if you put out the solas, you know the sola fide and the sola scriptura and the sola and the sola gratia. It's the grace alone that everyone likes. I mean, even yeah. the Roman Catholics, like, yeah, oh yeah, right. grace alone, and and the Reformed, hey, grace alone, and even evangelicals, grace alone. But the Scripture alone, that's a little trickier. Mm. And the faith alone, that's where you really start to weed out the the weeds. boys from the men, huh? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that'd be better. Okay, so it is repetitious. <laughs> so mystical form, this might rank pretty high, huh? Yes. Like, a, what, eight, nine? Eight. I'm going to get this up. Now, the problem is, is a little bit too slow to be so hypnotic. If he would have picked up the pace a little bit, added a more driving drum, that also is what makes me think it's a Calvinist, because it was a little bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, hey, wait a minute. We just got an email about... How we don't give the Calvinists. Did you get this email or yes. just come to me? <laughs> just you. <laughs> Did that, didn't that go to the Lumpy's email address? <laughs> yeah. Been listening to you counter Calvin's teachings in a snarky way without challenge from a Calvinist. Calvin does have a different theology, but I feel you attack them. You attack. I think that should be attack. You attach them. You attack them without anyone to defend Calvin's teaching. First uh, of all, that is not true. 
the millions we have our the millions of Calvinist blogs are are all defending. over our case constantly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we got although this is how the Calvinists defend themselves. Calvin was more Lutheran than you think. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the whole point of, of Lumpy's current project is to draw out uh Calvin's Calvinism. <laughs> right. You know, so where where Lumpy is investigating was Calvin a Calvinist or a Lutheran? And so this right. this defense isn't going to work anymore to say, hey, Calvin was more Lutheran than you think. Well, that's what we're looking at. Calvin, by the way, signed the Augsburg Confession, which is impressive. Mm. Uh, he should have just stopped doing theology there. Anyway, uh, if so the the claim that we've treated Calvinists unfairly. So if you're a Calvinist and you haven't already spoken up, please do speak up. I mean, we've got so many Calvinists listening to this show. It's kind of ridiculous. I think we have more Calvinists than Lutherans. What's that phone? Because... And we, by the way, to, to respond to this email perhaps uh, carefully, uh, that would be that I uh, that Calvinists actually we've discovered that Calvinists actually like to be insulted, <laughs> right? We're giving we them what they that? want. That whatever that whatever, whatever yeah, the, we're meeting the Calvinists' felt needs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what is, is that what, called what is, what when you fall syndrome? in love with the, your uh with your you fall in love with your kidnapper? Yeah. I don't that's know. That's whatever that's what all the Calvinists say. <laughs> anyway. Well, so do you want to do you want to give our listeners the phone number of which they can call in if they're an offended Calvinist? That's the uh isn't it, don't don't they send don't offended Calvinists send their emails to answers at tabletalkradio.org. Yeah, maybe that's Calvinists why we haven't have been questions. hearing from them. Because that, that email, have that email. <laughs> <laughs> answers at Table Talk Radio. For, that's the Calvinist hotline because, because as Calvinists themselves say, they don't have any questions. <laughs> uh, everyone else can write emails to questions at tabletalkradio.org, or they can call or call the Who Wants to Date a Pastor line. One eight hundred three eight five SOLA is the number. Which we, we if you if you type if you dial in SOLO. Hoping for a, <laughs> for Evan, it doesn't work. Okay, so long. all right, all right. Let's move on to mystical content. Uh, immediate. Does this song talk about an immediate experience of God, seeing, touching, feeling God directly? Yeah, this Christ in us is going to be uh, is going to be immediate. Now, uh, what is this song actually talking about? We'll get to that with mind... internal though. Yeah, right. Um, I'm trying to. F- I don't know what what the song is actually saying every promise we can make is only by his grace every prayer and step of faith only by his grace every difference we can make only by his grace is this saying that all the good things that we do are only because god's grace is uh, in us i think if that's so, pretty accurate that would make this song uh marvelously oops fantastically <laughs> uh roman catholic <laughs> All right, you better explain Indusa. yourself there. Uh, the Catholic Church teaches that grace is a substance that's infused in us that enables us to do good works. So, mm-hmm. uh, when uh, what it's saying here is all the good works we do are by His grace. Mm. How would we say that differently as Lutherans? I, gotta, I should kind of uh, wonder about that for a little bit because um, it's true that we do uh, works of service to our neighbor. Um, by the Holy Spirit, who uh, who who gives us the uh, the power, he, he gives us the power to do good works. True but enough. but uh, a work is only good because 
uh, of faith in Christ. Right. So that, and I think so, we would say that that we do good works not by grace but by faith. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so so uh, you know you have um, uh, a nine one one call come in and someone's house is on fire. So um, two firemen jump in a fire truck. One's a Christian. One's a non-Christian. And they both run into the burning building, and 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 they both grab one person and drag him out. And God, and both, we should say by the way, both neighbors are served by both of these firemen. But mm-hmm. God calls mm-hmm. one a good work, and another one He does not see as a good work. And the difference is the Christian did did his good work in faith. Right. Because now, when when God looks at the fireman who's a Christian who has faith in Christ, He does not see um, uh, the man's. S- sinful flesh go in and 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 save that person and and that's what he sees when he sees the non-christian uh though you know it's it's a wonderful thing for the for the, for man for the, for the person being saved out of the building um but for but before god that good work of saving someone isn't enough to go to heaven so god does not see that as a good work but when he looks at the christian who has faith he sees the son jesus who went in to go save that person in that from a burning building true enough so that, i think that's how we can talk about uh this good work in light of faith rather than grace. I think that's right. I know that might be slightly splitting hairs, but I think it's fairly important, especially I'm looking at the chorus or the bridge or the middle part here where it says, grace alone which God supplies, strength unknown he will provide. So that God's grace is providing us strength. Christ mm. in us, our cornerstone, we will go forth in grace alone. So that it's now, so and then every soul we long to reach, every heart we hope to teach, everywhere we share his peace, it's only by his grace. So all the evangelistic kind of things we do, this is now strength. It's in the, we're the ones doing it, but it's strength provided by God's grace. That's what this song is about. And it comes down to, so so that we are, we receive strength to do good works by the grace of God, which is Christ in us, and that's our cornerstone. So, and I don't know actually what cornerstone has to do with any of this stuff, except for that it's a biblical word, but and had enough syllables. Christ in us, our cornerstone, <laughs> because Jesus is called the cornerstone of the church. But and and also you have the this Psalm one eighteen twenty two, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief corner of the church. Not there's nothing sort of mm-hmm. internal about that, right? Uh, unless the whole thing is to be understood in the church, so Christ in us, meaning Christ in His church. But I, I don't, mm. you don't really get that sense. It's mm-hmm. our every tear we wiped away, every loving word, every sorrow turned to praise. All of these things that we've accomplished, it's because Christ is in us, doing, um, um, uh, giving us the strength to do these works. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I think I got a beat on the song now. I mean, it's it's. I think the song is trying to say something right. It's it's what it's trying to do here is trying to say, hey, look, it, this all these good works that you do, they're not you, they're God. He he, Christ works in you to uh, to do his the works appointed beforehand. So um, by grace we're saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. No one can boast that we are His workmanship. Um, Prepared to do the works that he appointed beforehand for us, the, uh, you know, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. So it's trying to get at that, but it's, you know, it, it kind of gets at it in a roundabout and a little slightly confusing way. Hmm. All right. What's next? Um, did we do loss of self yet? No. 
So does the song talk about losing our identity or being lost and gone? Not really. Uh, now here we go. The internal. This is this yeah. is where we have it. You, you kind of explained that already, but we have Christ in us. Right, Christ in us. Yeah, so that's internal. This goes back to a big controversy in the church, not many people pay attention to, but the Osiandrian controversy. And after Luther died, this Osiander came along and said, we're righteous because Christ who is uh, righteous lives in us. So now because Christ lives in us, we're and his righteousness is like the ocean compared to the sin of our, uh, to, compared to the drop of our sin. So, so our righteousness is um, kind of uh, overwhelmed by, I mean, our sinfulness is overwhelmed by Christ's righteousness. Right, this the, in, led the to indwelling big, of Christ, right? Right. Yeah. Led to a big, big uh, controversy amongst the Lutherans, in which they came out clearly saying, no, um, we are justified because we have Christ for us, not Christ in us. We have the, the external word which declares us holy outside of us. Yeah, so um, this is why... What if there's a fans of Osiandrian website on <laughs> Facebook or something? Maybe. I'm gonna, I'll check. Don't I can think of some people who might be fans. <laughs> let me see who's, a, who, let me see who's a, on the Osiander fan book page here. Osiander. Okay, uh, so uh, subjective, too. Uh, this goes right along with what you're talking about, but does a song talk about the things God has done or about me, objective or subjective? Um, hmm. This is this is kind of tricky because it is talking about all these things that we do, our promises, our prayers, our steps of faith, our differences, our mountains climbed, our hopes, rays of hope shined, our blessings left behind. That's a that actually is a fairly significant line. Or our souls long to reach, our ho- hearts hoped to teach. It's talking about all these things that we want to do, mostly on the outside, although this longing is on the inside. But it's still, it's it's our, it's, so it's talking about our good works. So is that objective or subjective? I don't know. It's not the objective work of Christ. Although in a weird kind of way, the song wants to say that. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not the objective work of Christ, though, nor is it the internal thingy in my own heart. Uh, I don't know if it's objective or subjective. That's pretty bad. So, um, no, 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 no. I'm gonna pin it down. I can pin it down here. It's subjective because the theme of the song is that all these things that you're doing, it's, it's, it comes down to the strength that God gives on the inside. See, so all these external good works that you're doing come down to this, to the internal reality um, of the strength in your heart, which is God's grace. So. Uh, when it comes down to it, all these external things are motivated or driven by the internal subjective, subjective. strength of the heart. Okay. Yep. So let's put it as subjective. All right. So that puts uh, the mystical content at what number? Um, you have 7.2, according to my calculations. Here. Okay. <laughs> Long gospel. <laughs> There's, um, oh, huh. That's an interesting question. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> Let's see. Um, you, what in the world? Yeah. Who keeps calling? One would think that you could, you know, silence your phone for a radio broadcast, but I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I don't even know how to silence it. I can just unplug it. Oops. Here, I'll just unplug it. How about that? 
right. 1-800-385-SOLA is the number, by the way. 1-800-385-SOLA is the number. This is coming like an episode of the God Whispers. <laughs> bacon! 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 <laughs> We're not we're not nearly that profound. Who 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 are you kidding? Bacon, yeah. I want I want shrimp wrapped in bacon with cheese stuffed in it. <laughs> okay. Can you uh, hear the waves? Law gospel. Thing? Let's finish this. I want to get I don't know if there's any law crunch. gospel in there either. Do you? <laughs> well, I can't find any law. I mean, unless unless perhaps the law is there with this uh look, you think you're doing this all on your own and you're wrong. I mean, that would be the subtle kind of preaching of the law. Yeah, I think this is, I can't tell, because you might want to say gospel because of all this talk of grace, but as we already mentioned, this is not uh, the kind of grace that that uh, we talk about um, uh, when we talk about grace. So when we talk about grace, we're talking about um, God's unmerited favor towards a sinner, um, or as you like to say, just God's smile. Um, that God's, I do like to say that. I do, you know, this is our Catholic... See, this is because we'll say, oh, yeah, Roman Catholic Church, it's all works. It's all works. No, no, they talk about grace and faith, too, but they talk about grace all the time, but it's a different definition of grace, which we have to be very careful on this because uh, for two reasons. One is that, you know, suddenly uh, a, a dear Christian, uh, you know, one of our Lutheran folks, they start to hear what a Roman Catholic person teaches and they're like hey that's not what i heard i heard you guys didn't say anything about grace no no grace is all over the place but it's a different definition of grace Mm -hmm. this this wonder working power of grace kind of thing yeah uh explicit false teaching i didn't see any what about this oceandrianism in the middle (laughs) yeah christ in us i mean it is christ in us yes i mean christ is in us that's not our justification though that's Mm -hmm. the problem uh, and he's in us by faith, by our trust in the Lord's word. Mostly, though, the Bible, t- it, it hardly ever talks about Christ in us. It's almost always about how we are in Christ. I think once it mentions Christ in us. Every other mention of the talk like this is us in Christ, which is where the emphasis, the emphasis should be. Um, like in controversy. Yeah, or conciliarism. <laughs> Seven points. Good. That's nice. Hey, Seven points. Huh. Oh, wait, do, do points, points count? Do points count in overtime? I don't. Th- I don't. Oh yeah, know. They, they, count they count double. They count double. It's like uh, it's like working <laughs> overtime. Double. No, you, no, no. Points are. It's, you get one and a half <laughs> times points. It's kind of like it's one and a half points. It's kind of like uh, kicking a field goal in the overtime rules of of the NFL. <laughs> it doesn't count. No, no. This is not the playoffs. <laughs> this is in the so the the points the point inflation is one point five. So you gave me seven. That would mean it was thirty three and a half. So that means ten point five points. I think. All right. Okay. Uh, so this is crunched. Uh yes, crunched. Right. Don't sing it. Or and if you do sing it, sing it faster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you're an offended Calvinist, give us a call one eight hundred three eight five SOLA one eight hundred SOLA. 7652. <laughs> that, uh, that phone number is an abstraction. I'm against it. How is it an abstraction? It's a There's Latin no word. sentence, verb, object. Oh, good. It's a, not a complete sen- uh, sentence fragment phone number. We need a sentence uh, phone number that says uh, 1 800, you are saved by grace alone through faith and sold by scripture alone. <laughs>
That's right. Okay. All right. That's it for us. We'll see you again next week.